Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people, loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I want to give you a, a heads up next week. Uh, you are in for a treat. Uh, Dr. Ruth Raynard, uh, she is our district's NMI president. And if you don't know what that acronym is, don't worry. It took me about two years to figure out what that actually meant in the Church of the Nazarene. It's Nazarene Mission International. She's, she's the Nazarene Mission International president of our district. Uh, she is a firecracker. Uh, she is passionate, passionate about, about God <laughs> And she's passionate about people. And uh, you, you definitely don't want to miss uh, Dr. Ruth Rainer. She's going to bring the message next week. And, and she's excited to be with you uh, next week. So I'll give you a heads up on that. And, and, and I, I just encourage you, if you can't be here, uh, it should be online uh, the following week that you can listen to. Um, and uh, if, if you kind of, anybody else kind of somewhat feel like they chase their tail a lot, right? Especially after COVID, it's just been kind of like, where are we going? What are we doing? Uh, coming this February is uh, Forward 23, um, and then some. Uh, we are going to cast the vision of our direction. Now, again, um, a lot of people talk about their 10-year or 5-year plans or their 3-year plans. Let me just tell you, the world changes so fast that you have to be willing to pivot right away, right? And so we're going to cast the vision for the next year um, over the course of the month of February. And I highly encourage you uh, to be a part of that conversation. And not only about that conversation, but about that direction, about that movement. So I encourage you, uh, a month from now, we're going we're gonna to step into that. This month... Um, I had announced last week that this would be a one and done. Um, and as I began to process this one and done, um, it's not. It's definitely not a one and done. Uh, but this series, The Best, we're, we're going to talk about the best. God's best. Your best. And our best. Over the course of the month of January. Well, last night... <laughs> The four best, apparently, the four best uh, teams in college football had their playoff. There was sports ball last night. For those of you who are not into sports ball, uh, yes, there were, there were sports ball games last night. The, the four best went head-to-head, -head, one and four and two and three. They tried to bring their best, and what an entertainment it was. But uh, when all is said and done, next week, 
we'll, we'll see the, the final game, and then in about two weeks, you won't even remember who played, and you won't even remember who won, unless you're, you're a bitter Wolverine or Buckeye, <laughs> right? Uh, this morning, we're going to step into this conversation about God's best. God's best. Have you ever wondered if God's holding out on you? If He is what He has, He's just keeping it behind the veil. You know that He could do whatever it is that you desire Him to do, but He just doesn't do it. And that you feel like you're just getting scraps at the table. This morning, we're going to talk about God's best and what's available to you. Would you please open to John. John chapter 2. John chapter 2. And we're going to step into a celebration. Gonna step into a party, kind of fitting. Last night there was a, apparently there was a big celebration about a new year and the ball dropping in in in, in New York City, but apparently the ball dropped in Georgia too. A little left, you're welcome, Kelly. Uh, <laughs> a little left, and way short. <laughs> poor guy, poor guy, right? The weight of the world was on his shoulders, but in 40 years no one's gonna remember. But there was a celebration. We're going to step into a celebration, a celebration moment that Jesus walked into and was invited into. John chapter 2. We're actually going to start in verse 11 because I find it very important that we start there and then we're going to come back to verse 1 and read through 11, okay? So this... The first of his miraculous signs Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee that gives us some information of what just happened if we read it from 1 to 11, okay? This, the first of his miraculous signs Jesus performed at Galilee in, er, in Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. Now we're going to go back up to verse 1. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone jars, the kind used by the Jews in ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. Don't miss this. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out. Take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. 
And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings the choice wine first, then the cheapest wine after the guests had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. This, the first of his miraculous signs Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory, and his disciples put their trust in him. Father, in the next few moments, I ask that your Holy Spirit do a work that only you can do, and that we are obedient to that work. May that still, small voice that you speak in be very clear for us. May we tune into you. May we listen to what it is that you speak into our soul. And Lord, whether I fumble or bumble, it matters not. It matters that you speak. And we listen. It's in your name that we pray this morning and ask. Amen. Jesus was a partier. In fact, he partied so much that the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the righteous, the religious pious, actually called Jesus a glutton and a drunk. That he was a friend of of tax collectors and sinners. Now, let's not get caught up in the, the snide remarks of the Pharisees that he was a glutton and a drunk, but they were more offended by the people that he hung around with because it's those people that Jesus, they would never be caught dead with, but Jesus actually sat at the table, shared food and drink with them, connected and had relationships. And so we find Jesus at a wedding celebration of all places a party a party where a newlywed couple has been linked together in union in covenant before their friends and before God now I'll, I'll be honest when I first became a believer in Christ I actually would read this this section of scripture and feel like Jesus was out of place that he didn't really belong here at the wedding this is not what the holy man does this is not what the messiah does he doesn't just spend time at a at a celebration at a at a party but that's really our god is a god of celebration and in fact Jesus was invited to this moment this beautiful celebration. His mother was invited. His disciples were invited. No other gospel talks about this particular moment. It's only John. As I assume that John was there. And John makes it very clear that this wedding took place in a, a small, small place called Cana. Cana was the hometown of one of Jesus' disciples. 
Nathaniel. He's the same disciple who was the skeptic when his friend Philip came to Jesus and said, Hey, we found the one that Moses wrote about, the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. And it's Nathaniel who says the famous line, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Cana, small little town. You can look it up online, but we're really not sure where the actual place was. But more than likely, Jesus and his mom and his disciples had traveled about 35 miles to this small town to celebrate. Third day of the week, celebration's kicking, the festivities are flowing. And apparently, they were so flowing that they actually ran out of wine. And here's that moment, that conversation between Jesus and his mother. It's actually embarrassing to the family, to those that are throwing the party, to run out of food and wine. In fact, for us, when we minister to our teachers, we want to make sure that there's enough lasagna to go around. Because if there are teachers at our schools and they come for food and they have an empty plate, it's really embarrassing for us throwing the party, ministering to people and saying, we love you, but here's an empty plate. That's love, right? An empty plate. No, we want to make sure there's more food. Harvest dinner, picnics. You want to have more than you need, right? It's embarrassing not to have enough. Well, this is an embarrassing moment party can't continue without food and without the wine and jesus says dear woman why do you involve me now i asked a little earlier have you ever wondered if god has held back on you well hopefully i'm not the only one because there have been many many times in my life that i wondered god are you holding back on me as a single man I wondered where's my wife year after year after year after year when the ball dropped I had nobody to kiss right (laughs) disappointing and then it was the job the career Are you holding back on me? And then when I met my wife and we got married and we were trying to have kids and we couldn't have kids. God, you're fully capable. You're fully able. You're a dynamic God. You're a miraculous God. Why why are you holding back on us? Maybe it's just me, but at some point... I think in some point with most of our lives, whether we believe in God or not, that we wonder if He's holding back on us. That what He has just isn't available to me, for me. What I want Him to do, He just isn't doing. When the paychecks are slim and the bills are mounting, where are you? 
wonder if God's at his best? Mary, his mom, knew something. She knew something about her son. Obviously, we just celebrated Christmas, and if we read the story, the birth story of Christ, she did know something. However much the song says, Mary, did you know, I think she did. Okay? I think she did. She knew something was, there was something special about this one. So she comes to him with the situation. Jesus said, for my time has not yet come. You ever wondered if God's holding back? My time has not yet come. Over the course of the gospel, John's gospel, we see this phrase repeated over and over and over again. Actually, when, when the time has come, it's Jesus is referring to his subsequent arrest, and his crucifixion, his death. That's his time. Jesus didn't want to reveal that at this point. It's not time yet. You ever wondered if God was holding back? Not time yet? Well, in the moment, Mary directs her statement to the servants. There's these servants that are in this moment. Jesus, Mary, his disciples, and the servants. The bride and the groom, they're partying. The master of the banquet, partying. They're having a good time. They're unaware of what's going on. And these seemingly insignificant objects in the background, stone jars used to be clean, ceremonially clean so that you can connect with God at temple. Jesus tells the servants to fill the jars. Now, I was doing some math because I don't math very well. Okay? So let's math together. together. Six stone jars 20 to 30 gallons a piece. When you start to do the math, you figure out 120 gallons, total of six jars, that's four pounds shy of 1,000 pounds, not counting the weight of the stone jars. If you go to the high end, 180 gallons, that's six pounds shy of 1,500 pounds. Because water is about 8.3 pounds. Per gallon. It's a lot of water. It's a lot of weight. I often read this moment and thought, man, this happened really fast. No, it took some time to fill those jars. People are standing by. What's going on? I don't know. Servants have been told to go ahead and fill the jars. I don't know what he's doing. Do you know what he's doing? No, I don't know what he's doing. I'm just filling the jars. And then, and then John says something very specific. Now, I don't know about you, but I know most people only do what they need to do to get by, to make it happen. Craig Rochelle says, the get-mo, good enough to move on, Right? I just want to be good enough to move on and be done. The servants, 
They've never heard of Craig Rochelle's Getmo. They actually fill the jars to the brim. Now, at first I thought, well, they must be having to carry these things. And when I go and get coffee down at Winans, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes our employees, I generally get my own coffee, but if, if I just come from working out, Sometimes the employees, I'll, I'll give it to them and they'll fill it to the, to the top. And then I'm like, I don't want to spill this. I'm going to burn myself, right? So I'm very ginger about my walking and I stare at my cup. Apparently, you're not supposed to stare at the cup. You're supposed to look ahead. So you don't worry about the, the liquid in the cup. These guys, these servants, they ain't picking up these stone jars. They're walking back and forth. It is a very tedious and laborious time filling that stone jar. And they're not carrying it anywhere. Me, I'm only going to fill it up to just enough. Would you? Would you think to fill up the stone jar all the way to the top? If I took a survey, I'm pretty sure a majority of us would only fill it up and leave some room at the top. You ever wondered if God's holding back on you? Have you ever thought that maybe you've been holding back on Him? The servants filled it to the brim. whatever you're holding back that's the amount of miracle you're going to get fill it to the brim and he says take some take some to the master of the banquet now we don't necessarily know when the miracle actually takes place whether it's at some point where they dip the ladle and carry it over or if it's put into the cup at some point from the jar to the cup a miracle happens and the only people that know that a miracle has happened are those that filled the stone jars to the brim at this point in time in the story. They're the only ones that know. And the master of the banquet, he takes a sip from the cup and he's amazed by what he tastes in the cup. Now, I often wondered, and I never understood, the statement of the man. Everyone brings the choice wine first. And then the cheaper wine, after the guests have had too much to drink. What does he mean by that? Well, after you've had enough wine, you can't taste the difference from the cheaper wine to the choicest wine. Most people are just about the business of the party and they don't realize the consumption. You ever wondered if God is holding back His best? You ever wondered if you would be able to taste the difference? 
this guy understood the tasting of the difference. He saw that there was a difference, that the best was saved at the last, meaning at first. What they thought was best, mm -mm. the best is yet to come. Jesus doesn't hold back here. This is the first miracle that he performs, and it states that because of this moment, because of this miracle, those men who were following Jesus put their trust in him. I actually re recently listened to a podcast that trust right now in our nation, particularly our nation, trust is very, very, is more difficult to obtain than it was several years ago. Because over the course of the last three years, back in 2020, we were on the verge of something that was about to hit us and we didn't know what was about to hit us. In 2020, January 1, it would be less than three months where we would be on a shutdown. All of us would be masked up. All of us would be isolated in our home. And our ears would be tuned in to the news. To what's the news of the day or the news of the moment? What's going on with this virus? And we have pol uh, politicians, World Health Organization, the CDC, and everybody else putting in their two cents of opinion and everything shifting on a dime over the course of about two years. For our nation, trust has been one of those things that have fallen to the wayside. Not to mention it was even more, it was already difficult enough to trust other people. I'm of Generation X. And for us, as a Generation Xer, we kind of balked at authority. I think more than the baby boomers. But it's no longer generational. It's not a generational issue. It's a big issue. For all generations. To trust the authority. To trust those who are leading. For you and I, I think sometimes we wonder, God, are you holding back your best? I want to tell you this morning from, from this particular story, but through the rest of the scriptures, God is always at his best. You may not be. The world may not be. Those in leadership may not be. The talking heads may not be, but God is always at His best. And His best is always available to you. Whether you can taste it or not. Whether you can see the difference or not. His best is always available to His people. Whether you believe in Him or not, you're His people. 
but we cannot confuse God's best and what we think is His blessing. Do not confuse God's best with what you think His blessing is. Because God's best is always His being. To rephrase that, God's best is always who He is. He is love. John, the writer of this story, later writes, God is love in a letter. God is holy. God is good. God is gentle. God is compassionate. God is a relenting God. God is slow to anger. God is kind. God is forgiving. Those are His being. That is His best. Do not confuse blessing and His being. Blessing pours out of who He is. But the miracles in your life, and I know that Sandy said, this is kind of one of those moments in time where i got to lay my hands off. I agree with that, to a point. But there are way too many miracles that Jesus does in His Gospels that involve other people, that involve human effort. Had the servants not done what they were supposed to do, or asked to do, there would have been no miracle. And had the servants only filled up the jars to so much to get Mo, there would only have been so much miracle. You're to be involved with what's God doing, what God's doing around you and in you and in your life. To sit around and wait. partnership because your best comes out of his best your best comes out of his best so God's never holding out on you his best is always available to you always because he is always available to you let us not forget what we just celebrated God with us he's always available in two weeks we talk about your best cannot forget that your best comes out of Him. So if you think God's holding out, He's not. Maybe the time has not yet come. Maybe what He understands is best for you 
is not what you think is best for you. Please stand this morning. Jesus, on the cross, you gave your all. You were the spotless lamb. You were the best sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to the Father. I thank you that from this story, That, you, that we learn that you truly want and desire to remove our shame and our embarrassment. That you desire to remove our guilt. Jesus, I don't think it's any accident that the miracle that was, first miracle that was performed was at a wedding. Because it was from the first couple that sin entered humanity where shame and guilt entered our narrative and it's here at this wedding where there was a union between man and woman that you showed yourself and your glory I don't think it's an accident Jesus that the wine foreshadows that moment around the table with your disciples that this is the blood of my covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins of many I don't think it's an accident I think you were very calculated and intentional in this moment at this wedding God help us trust you Reveal to us where we're putting our trust in. Help us learn to trust you. Because there's so much more to be had of you. So Lord, I lift up our people. I I love these people. I ask that you speak into their soul, into their spirit. And that they seek your heart. They seek your your being, who you are. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything else. Everything else will come into play and into perspective. We trust you today. And help us give our best to you.
each and every day. I love you, Lord. We love you today. It's in your name that we ask. Amen. Folks, may you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. We please love your neighbor as yourself. We do love you. We do pray for you. You have a wonderful, wonderful New Year's. Eat some good food. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Wapak Nas podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future He has for you, and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.